The content of this presentation, including facts, views, opinions, recommendations, descriptions of, or references to products or securities, is not to be used or construed as investment advice, as an offer to sell, or the solicitation of an offer to buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Although we endeavor to ensure its accuracy and completeness, we assume no responsibility for any reliance upon it. This should not be construed to be legal or tax advice, as every client situation is different. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor. You're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shellick and Colin White, portfolio managers with WLWP Wealth Planners, IA Private Wealth. Welcome to part two, our first multi-parted Bare Naked Money episode, where we will get into the more exciting part of financial literacy and what it means to you. And we will use the word loan shark sometime during this podcast. I think we started with the best or least criminal aspects of finance, and we're actually going to end with the, the more criminal aspects of, of personal finance. So in case you thought it was spicy at the start of episode one, just wait for it. Hop on the ladder. We're going in the hole. Yeah. So even if you're paying off your credit card on a monthly basis, and that, that can be one way to, to get some some decent benefits for yourself if you're collecting the rewards and paying the, the full balance, not the minimum amount, the full balance, by the way, off on a monthly basis, you still probably need to do a cost benefit analysis somewhere. A lot of these cards have an annual fee. So one of the ways that, that I usually approach the annual fee is I look at that, that annual fee and think, how much money would I need to spend to offset this annual fee? So if it's a hundred bucks annual fee and the uh, rewards are about 2% on every dollar that I spend. Just doing the math quickly here, I need to spend about $5,000 per year to just offset that, that annual fee. So the annual fees, they seem pretty small in terms of the benefits that you can get, but you do need to spend a decent amount on that credit card to offset the fee that, that's being charged there. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-credit card. I have one. Uh, I have two, actually. I've got one for work, one for personal. And it can come with protections. I mean, we've had situations where we've bought something from a company that's gone out of business. So, I mean, again, credit cards do form a service. But you know, they're counting on the fact that there's going to be a point in your life, even though you've paid off the balance every month, there's going to be a point in your life when something happens and you can't. Oh, that's okay. You can pay us next month. And then pretty soon you're in over your head at some point, and that's when they're going to you know, really pounce. They're, they're going to make their money at that point. So again, it's just a matter of being aware of some of the nuances, not falling, you know, prey, if you will, to the games that they start. It's like, ooh, if I if I buy, you know, five more rolls of toilet paper this month, then I'm going to get a crown on my little blah 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 blah. Just you know, don't get caught up in that because again, they've there's a lot of energy goes into exploiting people's weaknesses and. and yeah, we're not anti-credit card, we're not anti-car loan, we're not anti-mortgage, we're not anti-line of credit. All of these things can be very, very useful for you, done within reason and intelligently. And, and understanding exactly about what you're getting into and what you're paying for it and making sure it fits within your world. And I guess we're also challenging, I feel we're challenging, the status quo. You know, having a car loan for your entire life is not necessary. Just let that sink in. You know, unlike the advice my mother gave me that, oh, we are always going to have a car loan. One of the stupid things my mother said to me, you don't always have to have a car loan. 
it's okay. It's okay if you don't have a car loan. Just let that sink in. Just walk around in that for a while. You know, it's okay not to have a car loan. You, you have. So I. Go. Keep going. Keep going. You have. I was going to change gears. You have our permission. So you have our permission not to have a car loan. There you go, Josh. So we talked about credit cards. I got to introduce this new thing to you, Colin. That's that's better than a credit card. <laughs> if you ask any of the millennials or the Gen Z, it's, it's not even me. It's the Gen Z. Buy now, pay later. You heard about this? Um, I'm not sure how it's being used now, but yeah, it's a familiar phrase. No, no, it's it's okay. You're too old. You don't you don't know about it. But they actually have platforms now. There's hundreds of thousands of, of merchants and vendors on these platforms where you can you can actually pay over a certain period of time rather than pay everything up front. So. Uh, one of them, for example, was just bought by, by Square um, for $29 billion. So you can tell that these things are making a decent amount of money. But the basic premise is most of them work in, in a way where you're not paying upfront for the whole purchase. You're paying, um, let's say, in four equal increments over six weeks. That, that's sort of the, the commonplace. And these aren't big purchases. This is not you know, a car or a boat or a house or anything like that. That's a little bit of, of um, clothes or furniture or some makeup, something like almost like an everyday purchase, but people don't have the, you know, the 300 bucks in their pocket that they need to pay for this thing. So they go to this app and they're able to defer the payment over time. But well, that sounds like a great idea, right? Why pay now when I can pay later? There's a storefront operation uh, called Easy Financial that used to do the same thing. You could buy any, literally you could buy anything on time. You wanted a purse, Come in and pick up a purse, and you can pay us, you know, thirty dollars a month for the next five years uh, for this purse, right? And the profit margins were just absolutely insane. There was a great skit on Saturday Night Live for the Saturday Night Live fans that they should go look this up with uh, Steve Martin talking about their financial self-help book. If you don't have it, if you don't have the money, don't buy it. Really, how does that work? It's all here in the book, and it's one page long. <laughs> <laughs> And that actually is the best defense against everything we're talking about. But yes, the, 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 I guess that what's throwing me, Josh, is this didn't used to be an online thing. There used to be storefronts that did this. Well, everything is becoming easier these days. So that's, that's the trick. Now, they market this stuff as no interest, uh, no interest on the installments. Now, so here's the problem, right? One, a study or multiple studies have shown that when people pay in installments, and this is an issue with all this stuff, they typically pay more. They will buy more stuff because they don't have to, to buy it all at one time or pay for it all at one time. So here again, psychology working against you, our brains over the last, whatever, 10 millennia have not been set up to process dealing with payments and installments. So, hey, uh, you're gonna make some mistakes along the way, that's okay. But these companies are kind of taking advantage of that. Problem number two, the vendors, the merchants on these, these platforms have jacked up their prices because they're not getting all their money in one shot. So you're not technically paying any, uh, any interest on your payments, but you're paying more over the course of the six weeks than you would if you just bought it all up front. Very much like this, this zero interest loan that you're talking about at the outset with automobiles. There's a discount for cash. If you pay today, 
in cash all at one time, they're going to charge you less than if you pay over multiple, well, multiple isn't weeks that the months. price then? If I can pay cash and get it at this price, shouldn't we call that one the price? And I'm, I'm paying more money, which we could call interest, you know, to do it another way, instead of making the interest the normal way and then making the... See, and nobody's going to complain about it. I get a cash discount. That's wonderful. Really? Yeah. That would be way too simple. I was starting to get wound up again. Yeah. Well, we're going to wind you up a little bit more because the next thing on our list is payday loans, which maybe are just the mecca of consumers getting screwed. And there's, fortunately, there's been more attention paid to these for a long time. A lot of the provinces didn't even have specific law, rules or regulations surrounding these operations. I think a lot of that has worked its way out of the system. So there's actual rules, you know. And you see the sign that says 20 bucks will get you 300. Like, okay, so that's 20 bucks every two weeks. That's 40 bucks a month to get me. It doesn't take long for me to fall behind, you know. So you know these are absolutely the, the the most dangerous thing to get into because if if you sell them your next paycheck, what are you going to do after that? You know, you're you're already trapped. It's almost like you're going down a hole and you're just grabbing rocks as you go, so you fall faster. Uh, you know, so. There have been some rules and regulations put in place. When you actually do the math on them, the interest rates are illegal because uh, they contravene something called loan sharking. Because I think what's the loan sharking rate is 29%. It's actually criminal to charge more than a 29% interest rate. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, I, and I know you hate when I say this, but back in the day. Uh, <laughs> what, last week? <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, back in my day. Uh, in my first year of, of university, in my accounting course, we actually, one of the first things we did was calculate the implied interest rate on one of these payday loans. And I can't remember the exact numbers. It was that long ago, Colin, last week, but uh, it, it worked out to something like 1,200% per year that they're charging you. And there, you're right. There is a statutory limitation on the amount of interest that can be charged, but the way that they get around it is they call it like a fee. It's not an interest rate. It's a fee. So you can borrow $300 for a $50 fee, which is criminal. This is almost the definition of, of, of criminal. And I, I thought the, the statutory rate was 60% or something, but whatever, if it's 30%, it's 60%. We're still way, way, way above what that would be on these payday loans. And look, to, to, just to refocus this whole podcast thing, I don't imagine a lot of people listening to our podcast have stopped into a payday loan place in the last six months. I don't think that's our audience. By including it here, we're hoping to educate you as, as disciples to go out there and share this knowledge with people who may be less fortunate in your world and try to encourage them to find different ways forward. Because you know, the, if, if you know of somebody or you're watching people go into these places, they are in trouble. They do not have the skills to understand what's going on, and the system will grind them to little pieces. It just, it's a really terrible, terrible, terrible thing. So next up on the docket, we have loan sharks. <laughs> what? You added one? <laughs> uh, just kidding. We don't have enough perspective on that. We have no connections in that area.
but next tier you do have call in loyalty cards and I guess this works into the gamification of, of everything. Is that is that right? Well, and, and again, I'm not an authority to speak on them because I don't have any. Like, I literally do not carry any loyalty card that I present or use at any place. I've never had an Air Miles card and, and things of that nature. But, you know, you start to read about some of the stuff that's going on and what they're tracking. And, you know, every once in a while you get a free sample for something. Do you wonder how they picked you for that free sample? Hmm. Any guesses? Any guesses? Well, their algorithm has, has plotted your patterns and has found something that you have a weakness for. Chocolate, salt, frilly underwear, you know, something. And they've decided to target you. Now, the 5% of your brain goes, I'm impervious. I would never be taken advantage of like that. 95% of your brain is just sitting there like a big pile of goo going, oh, that looks fun. And... You know, you cannot be awake all the time, and you will find yourself, having done stuff, you're like, what was I on when I made a decision to do that? They're very sophisticated. They've got really big computers and smart people, and they can and will use that information to alter your patterns in their favor. They're never gonna, it's not a self-help organization. They're not going to alter the patterns in your favor. They're going to find a way to do something that they find to be profitable. Yeah, I have an Air Miles card that's mostly completely useless. Your Optimum cards from shoppers. I find you get decent benefits out of that. So I'll push back a little bit and tell you that, you know, there's, there's probably some ways that these actually work out in your favor. But to your point, every time I go to the grocery store and scan my Optimum card, they're tracking what I'm doing. So they have some extra insight onto me. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist or a wearing a tinfoil hat or anything like that. And my life's really not that interesting. So I don't really care how much they look at me. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to find that much that, that they, that they're interested in, but uh, it may, maybe, maybe I'm naive. Maybe they're, they're influencing my purchasing habits in some way. Well, no. And again, there's, there's some people more susceptible to it than others, you know, for sure. But keep in mind, there's a multi-billion dollar industry that goes into tracking this stuff and somehow finding a way to make money off of it. You know, again, so you, and I've, I've talked about this before in other podcasts, understand the business model of where you're sitting. You know, if you walked into the room, it didn't cost you anything to get there. You're the product. Now, you need to be aware of that and then act accordingly. If you're happy being the product, if they're making you feel good about yourself, you know, then that's fine. But don't delude yourself to say, I'm getting all this stuff for free. Hmm. That's probably not true. Josh, you should take this one because you, you, you were the one, I think, that, that sent it to me, the scratch tickets on uh, Robinhood, the trading platform, what they're doing now to the, the gamification of trading. This one just frustrates us to no end because it's direct, directly related to our investment business. And yeah, whenever you, you, you make a trade on some of these platforms these days, you get confetti coming down and they're giving you all kinds of different statistics on how much you trade or how much profit you make. I don't know what, what all is going on here. All I know is there's a lot of making it like a casino. And when you go to the casino, that's kind of fun. You can have some fun there from time to time. But keep in mind, the odds are often stacked against you if you're doing exactly what the casino wants you to do or these trading platforms want you to do. 
there's a lot of evidence out there that shows that the more you trade, the less good you do over time. And that's kind of what they're feeding directly into. Again, looking at the business model of these places, these trading platforms, these online, online trading uh, brokerages, the more that you trade, the more money they make. It's almost unequivocal. So what do you think they want you to do, whether it's in your best interest or not? And I've talked about this before. I used to work at an online brokerage, again, back in the day, Colin. And when you look at the people that trade the most on that platform, none of them make any money or none of them make any money above what the market is. They pay a buttload in fees and we're very happy about that. You're not paying any fees anymore on a lot of these online brokerages because it's free. But here again, free, what are you getting? There, somebody's making money somewhere because they're not doing this. They're not a charity. They're not doing it out of the grade of their heart. No, look, absolutely. And you know, if you think about it, a casino is designed to distract you from the fact they're emptying your pockets. So when you compare it to a casino, it's like, ooh, look at all the bells, look at all, ooh, look at all the colors. You know, the whole time money's flowing out of your pants, right? So when you say you're making it like a casino, yeah, you're making it like a casino. It's like, ooh, look, I, I just hit the top 5% trading for my day, so I got my free little puffin. Ooh, I got a puffin. You know, they're trying to distract you from the fact that you're slowly emptying your pockets, right? And the SEC actually in the U.S. is actually you know, open to file. Like they're actually looking at this, going, "Oh, come on, guys, this is this is a little bit ludicrous," you know. So, you know, there is some regulatory pushback on these things. But again, at the end of the day, they're trying to distract you from what is in your own best interest. You know, and we're not saying you know buy and hold forever, you know, buy, hold, and forget, and all that kind of stuff. No, we're not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, the the, the stock of the day is not in your best interest. I, I will say that, you know. Ooh, this is the number one trade of stock today. Does not translate into I need to have that, right? And again, like Josh said, the more you trade, the better it is for their business. So their model is going to be set up on trying to, you're so smart. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure I was talking to your mom. She says you're really good in math. You know, you got this. Any, any decision you make is a good decision. I mean, you know, they're constantly whispering in your ear trying to, again, and it's the game. So, so going back to our overarching theme here, you know, if you're more financial literate and you realize, oh, I really don't know what I'm talking about, and you're confident in that, you're less likely to fall susceptible to the influence uh, that they're putting forward. And everything that we've talked about in this whole podcast is the more aware you are, the more that 5% of your brain is turned on to, to, to more aware of what's going on, the better your chance to not contribute unnecessarily to the financial success of the financial 25% of the GDP, which should be something closer to 10. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Like we're gonna try to educate and we're gonna try to give you all the tools possible. You know, you know what, I'm gonna call it what it is, Josh, we're new Coke. We're better, maybe people <laughs> don't get that yet. It's gonna take some more effort for us to get there, but this is our new thing. We're new Coke and damn it, we're not going away. Okay, so you just called us the worst branding decision that was ever made. That's who we are? Yep. That's what you want to identify with? Because it was, it was functionally better. The world just couldn't figure out that it was better. I, I think it was functionally better in very small doses. Which I, Is that what you're saying we are? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying this. You know, sometimes being right, it's, it doesn't have the same rewards that you, you get from being wrong. Fair enough.
This information has been prepared by White LeBlanc Wealth Planners, who is a portfolio manager for IA Private Wealth. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of IA Private Wealth, Inc. IA Private Wealth, Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. IA Private Wealth is a trademark and business name under which IA Private Wealth, Inc. operates. You've done well and you feel set up for retirement, but you can't help but feel like there are aspects of your financial plan that just haven't been addressed. Maybe there's money left on the table, a tax efficiency or opportunity for growth that isn't being properly managed. Doesn't hurt to check. Sticking with, eh, it's good enough, wealthplanning.com or .ca isn't going to do you any favors. Call us for a better opinion. should not be construed as legal, tax, or accounting advice. This podcast has been prepared for information purposes only. The tax information provided in this podcast is general in nature, and each client should consult with their own tax advisor, accountant, and lawyer before pursuing any strategy described herein, as each client's individual circumstances are unique. We've endeavored to ensure the accuracy of the information provided at the time that it was written. However, should the information in this podcast be incorrect or incomplete, or should the law or its interpretation change after the date of this document, the advice provided may be incorrect or inappropriate. There should be no expectation that the information will be updated, supplemented, or revised, whether as a result of new information, changing circumstances, future events, or otherwise. We are not responsible for errors contained in this podcast or to anyone who relies on the information contained in this podcast. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor.